0: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit slash play 100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at pricepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cue's podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
1: Today on the Juice on the cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2017 basketball class and a second win in a row for the football team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today is Scout.com's Mike McAllister. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you back on the program.
2: I'm happy to be here. Always, always a good time to be on.
1: Mike, we will get you started on this one. Syracuse has been after point guard Kwade Green since the beginning of his recruitment. Is the Orange the favorite to land him?
2: I think they are. I consider them the favorite for Kwade at this point. He's taken a couple of official visits, including Kentucky. I think they're the only school right now that could prohibit Kwade from coming to Syracuse. But he took his official visit um, over this past weekend with Orange Madness and got to check that out. Spent you know the weekend with the Syracuse coaches and players. I think everything seems to be pointing in a positive direction from a Syracuse standpoint there. Kentucky has been going after another five-star point guard with Trey Young, and he's kind of been the guy that they've been prioritizing. Now, my understanding is that Kentucky does want both guys, but they're not going to the same school. They want to go to a place where they're clearly the guy, and that's what Kwade would be with Syracuse. That's what Trey Young would be at Kentucky. My gut feeling is, and based on the things that I'm hearing and who I talk to, Is that the scenario where Trey Young goes to Kentucky, Quade Green goes to Syracuse? So if you're a Syracuse fan, root for Trey Young to go to Kentucky for everything to look positive on that that front, and then basically you're the only school left for Quade. They've been recruiting him for well over two years. They put in a lot of time and effort with him. They specifically told the top 100 four-star point guard Matt Coleman, who's from Oak Hill Academy, who Syracuse fans will know well, the school that produced Carmelo Anthony, They specifically told him, we're focusing on Quade Green, so we're going to back off recruiting you. You don't tell a kid that's that talented, that good. You know, he's a top 50 player on Scout rated very highly on all the recruiting services. You don't tell a player that's that good, that talented, that you are no longer recruiting him unless you feel really good about where you stand with Quade. So I think that tells you a lot about how Syracuse feels about things, and as of right now, I still consider them the favorite for him.
1: Mike, speaking of Oak Hill Academy, Syracuse is now in the mix for big man Billy Preston. Where does the Orange stand with him?
2: Yeah, interesting little uh, little recruitment here. He went to a prep school, I believe, in Texas, and that school got into some trouble because of the way that they were conducting some things. There were some concerns about people that went there and then whether or not they'd be become eligible, and so Preston... Uh, Billy Preston ends up transferring to O'Hill to get his academics back in order. Reopened his recruitment because he was down to a couple of schools, and Syracuse is one of the schools that got back in contact with him. He is a big time, top 10, top 15 type of a player in the entire class. Five star prospect, six foot 10, can do a little bit of everything. You know, he can hit the mid range jumper, he can run the floor, super athletic, really long, great frame. Looks like a Syracuse prototypical forward. He's got really nice footwork, good defensive instincts, physical on the glass. He's everything you want in a power forward. If if that recruitment goes on a little bit longer, Syracuse has a chance to make up some ground there, and then maybe some of those other schools are willing to wait, and they actually fill up in a couple of their forward spots, and so then Syracuse can can make an even bigger impression kind of by default. So um, I think Syracuse fans should root for Preston's recruitment to dry on a little bit because that gives Syracuse fans Uh, That gives Syracuse, I think, a a bigger chance of landing him down the road.
1: Mike, a couple other names that have come up recently, Baramba, Sidibe, and O'Shea Brissett. It seems like Syracuse is the favorite for O'Shea Brissett right now.
2: I think Syracuse is the favorite for O'Shea Brissett as well. Uh, His recruitment was flying under the radar for sure and and has started picking up, as you mentioned. Mainly started picking up, I think, in terms of media catching on to how much of a priority he is for Syracuse. My understanding is he's been a priority for Syracuse for some time, and they've been recruiting him very, very hard. But he's maybe not as highly rated as some of the other prospects. Part of that is because he's in Canada and maybe doesn't have the same type of exposure. Well, he is a prototypical Syracuse forward. He's about 6'9", long and lean. He's, he can uh, His range extends up to the three-point line. He really runs the floor well. Um, he's he's good off the dribble. He's a guy that kinda reminds you of a Chris Joseph type, but I think his jumper has much more potential than Chris Joseph's did. I know towards the end of his career he was he was solid with his outside jumper, but I think his outside jumper if he continues to develop at a higher rate could look more like a James Sutherland type of, of uh of accuracy from beyond the arc. So he's actually um, someone that I think would fit in with Syracuse well might be a three- or four-year guy, but someone that contributes for multiple years. And Syracuse has continued to recruit him hard. Just took his official visit the same weekend as Quade did. It went very, very well. I still think Syracuse is the favorite for him, but there's some other schools involved, um, like the Oklahomas and, and some other schools. But there's really not a school involved with or sets that is a quote-unquote better program than Syracuse. You look at a guy like Quade, and he's got a Kentucky after him. You look at a guy like Billy Preston, he's got Kansas. and Indiana, some schools that you could say are maybe a slight tick above Syracuse or at least right on the same playing field, whereas the other schools after O'Shea are maybe a step below what the Syracuse basketball program is in terms of the national landscape, and I think that gives them a leg up there. As far as uh, Barama Sadibi, who you mentioned, He is a center prospect from New Jersey four star type of a kid um, 6'10 ish and he's someone I think that that Syracuse has a pretty good shot to land his recruitment seems to be going a little bit slower but um, he's supposed to be taking his official visit in November and I think that will go a long way towards where Syracuse stands with him he seems to be a guy that as uh, five star center Nick Richards has seemed to be leaning more and more towards Kentucky that Syracuse's um, interest and recruitment of Sadidi has picked up a little bit. So I think he's a guy that, as Syracuse sees Nick Richards looking elsewhere, that they prioritized as a guy that, all right, we didn't get that guy, but we can still bring this guy in. He's still pretty darn good, so we're we're in pretty good shape there. I think Syracuse will end up landing for a set. With Sadidi I think it's still a little bit too early to tell, but, but we'll know more after he takes
1: his official. Mike, we will get you out of here on this one. The 2017 class still doesn't have a commitment yet. When is it coming, and should Syracuse fans be worried this late in the game? Talk some people off the ledge. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's
2: rare that you get this deep into a recruiting cycle, and Syracuse basketball it doesn't at least have a commit at this point. So I understand why... Syracuse fans have some angst and why there's some concern and you know what happens if they don't get quad Green green what happens if they miss on quad a green and O'Shaper set and Billy Preston then what do you do Syracuse recruiting will be just fine they always land elite prospects they will continue to land elite prospects I wouldn't be concerned just yet I think if you get through the early signing period and nobody has committed slash signed with Syracuse most notably quad a green by that point that's when I think a red flag should go up. Everything points to Quadi Green making a decision and signing during the early period. He has said that. That's the impression we get from people that I talk to, from talking to sources. If you get through the early signing period, Quadi Green has not committed to or signed with any school, especially Syracuse, there's a red flag. And then if you don't have a decision from other prospects, like O'Shea Set, et cetera, and Syracuse is still sitting at zero commitments, I think absolutely Syracuse fans would have every right to be very concerned about what's going on with the 2017 class. But as we sit right now, I don't think that's the case. And I think after the early signing period has come and gone, Syracuse will have at least one or two commitments on board. And then Syracuse fans can breathe and start focusing on the uh, very, very, very good team that they're going to be able to put on the floor this year.
1: Mike, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Again, Mike McAllister from Scout.com and QesNation.com. quite simply the best source for recruiting information for Syracuse fans. Mike, thank you so much again. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Wes. Always a good time. Amazing stuff from our friend Mike McAllister. Be sure to check out more on CuseNation.com. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today?
3: I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you.
1: Brad Syracuse winning its second straight ACC game with a twenty-eight to twenty road win at Boston College on Saturday. It was a sloppy win, but a win is a win is a win in the ACC, right?
3: That's right, Wes. Because this was only the second time Syracuse has won back-to-back ACC games. First time it happened in the first season, back in thirteen, they beat Wake Forest in Maryland, and now wins over Virginia Tech and Boston College. And Wes, I, I really think despite the sloppy play. Despite despite the lack of discipline, the false start penalties, uh, some of the penalties that made us pull our hair out the last 10 years or so uh, for past Syracuse teams, despite all of that, the difference about this team is you know they have a chance to score at almost any time (laughs) to make up for those uh, deficits or problems or penalties, and that's really one difference about this team. They can score almost any time, and that makes it, it, it exciting.
1: Definitely exciting, Brad, especially with Eric Dungy throwing for 434 yards and three touchdowns. And he really spread the ball around to Etatawo, Ishmael, Esteem, Phillips. It really looks like Syracuse is grasping the offense, and it did it against one of the better defenses in the ACC.
3: Don't you think that, you know, when Dino Babers came back aboard in December and go through winter uh, workouts, Eric Dungey must have been the happiest athlete on the Syracuse campus because as Babers and his offensive staff were explaining this offense to him, as each month goes by, then they get into spring practice, then he has the ability to work out all summer with his receivers, and here comes a guy like Editao as a Maryland graduate transfer. I can think he's seeing it all come together through all that practice in the summer and then into live game action. I just think that he is just you know developing into such a great uh, quarterback for this offense grasping it understanding he's an intelligent player and he has just such great coaches around him that I think are just getting more and more of the offense to him as each week goes by
1: and Brad the defense is coming along too they really only allowed one botch coverage on a Patrick Bowles sneak but other than that was it bad Boston College offense or was it great defense?
3: Well, it's not a great Boston College offense, but still, it's an ACC offense, and they have, you know, certainly the starting 11 are talented players, and they have a couple of pretty good speed uh, position players on on BC, but it's not one of the better ones, certainly, in the ACC. But no, this is a Syracuse defense learning again as each week goes by. And I think, again, have to start with Babers, his leadership, the coordinators, uh, as they're uh, teaching more and more Uh, of the Tampa two on that side of the ball. And these young players are good. I mean, we've all been impressed with the recruiting the last couple of years. So these young athletes are getting better. And as they get game experience now in the ACC, we're seeing results here with a 500 record at the end of October. And I'll make that side note, Wes, you know, I did predict four and four back in the preseason. (laughs) Yes, you did. I only had a mix up on the bc and wake forest games but i did have a 35 win over virginia tech so i'm sitting at four and four two and two just where i thought the orange win would be uh going into the break here on halloween weekend
1: so brad you're right syracuse four and four going into that halloween weekend but there's still four games left to play clemson nc state fsu and pitt i see five wins here with nc state coming at home do you agree
3: I do, and that's what I had written in the summer that Syracuse would lose to Clemson and Florida State, beat North Carolina, and then it would come down to the regular season finale at Pittsburgh. Syracuse has only won one game at Heinz Field, that in 2001, the first time they played there. They've only won three of the past 15 games. Against Pittsburgh, so you would not think that would look good if they are five and seven. Excuse me, if they were uh, five and six going into that final game to try to get to six and six for a bowl. But hey, at this point, Wes, with how this team has performed, I'm not going to put anything beyond that.
1: Brad, we are right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts.
3: And to segue to that point, two more home games for this football team. I know we're all excited about basketball and what the season. Uh, upcoming is going to be for Jim Bayheim and the talented Orange roster. But let's give this football team some love. Let's see how many folks we can get in for the final two home games against NC State and Florida State in November. And then we'll enjoy basketball, Wes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, Brad, my closing thoughts are an interesting stat from ESPN's David Hale. In the past decade, five Power Five quarterbacks have thrown for 400 yards rushed for 50 yards, thrown three touchdown passes, and averaged 11 yards per throw. That list, Boykin, Menzel, RG3, Ryan Tannenhill, and now Eric Dungy. Congratulations to Dungy for that. That is a remarkable feat.
3: Absolutely. Look, I'm looking forward to Tommy DeVito like any Orange football fan, the future recruit, but let's thank our lucky stars. We have Eric Dungy running this Syracuse offense right now.
1: That's it for us for Brad Beerman. This is West Chang reminding you that my fake plants died because I didn't pretend to water them. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.tv, and we'll see you next time.
0: This has been the Juice on the Cues Podcast, part of the SNY.tv Audio Network.